Welcome to another episode of your new favorite podcast, the Jamal Bryant Let's Be Clear podcast, where we go straight down to business. No shades of gray. Uh, Today, I am so super excited to have not just an influencer, but an impactor for this generation. A lot of people are standing on business, but it's all show business and not real business. Mm. This amazing woman has pulled herself up by her own bootstraps and is now stepping with the big dogs. I'm glad to have my sister and my friend, Coach Stormy, with me on today. Welcome. I am so excited to be here, and I want to be real clear with every question you ask me. Oh, so you, I'm going to take my time today. All right. <laughs> you are always clear. I'm grateful <laughs> for it. I uh, had a meeting uh, at my church uh, a couple of weeks ago with entrepreneurs, and uh, I said to them, that uh, data has just come back that 85% of new businesses that are started are started by black women. Uh, You will uh, invariably be listed in the Hall of Fame for the 21st century uh, for black women who not just uh, made business happen, but made business happen for other people. Yes, Uh, And I want you to uh, talk about what it means in the environment that you're in. You're probably... Uh, if not the one of the most successful black women uh, in your field. How hard is it uh, to do business as a woman in the 21st century? You know, it's, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's challenging for, for many different reasons. The first reason I'll say is that, you know, it comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, people think that it's just getting cute, taking the picture, putting a quote, and putting a post on social media. But no, you have to learn how to think. Yeah. You got to learn how to be a, I say you got to learn how to be a chameleon and make a million. So you got to mm-hmm. learn how to maneuver in different rooms. You know, you got to learn how to put on different hats, you know. And a lot of women think that you just got to be like one way. Um, but I think that when you understand that you got to be multifaceted, you got to know how to be compassionate. Yeah. You got to learn how to have respect, integrity, character, honor. You got to learn how to communicate. You got to learn how to listen. And so it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not as easy as it looks. And then you got to learn how to constantly reinvent yourself to stay relevant. Right. Because you could be popping one year, one season, and then it's like, you know, they don't know you no more, you know. Right. <laughs> so you got to stay relevant. You got to continue reinventing yourself. And um, that's, to me, that, that's what's the hardest, understanding the whole gamut of staying um, on top and being clear in your communication and knowing that it's not just about you. Um, yeah. You know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, when I first started, it was about me. Everything was about, you know, how could I get this money, you right. know, as a single mom, three kids, ninth grade education, ex stripper, ex schema, ex scammer, XXX, all of that stuff, right. not exclamation point. I had to really realize that once I got out, um, I had to go help other people to get out. And I think that's one of the number one things that I do that keeps me on top because I know it's just not about me. MC Hammer said uh, after he filed for bankruptcy, his biggest business mistake was trying to carry too many people to the top who were committed to the bottom. Wow. Having a pure heart, how difficult is it to say no? Uh, We've got so many athletes who go broke, so many entertainers who go broke, uh, not because of spending habits, but because of the curse of compassion. Right. Uh, (laughs) How do you get to a point where you're able to say no and still love them? Well, I stand on business for real. Like, I don't loan money. I don't give money away. Like, I have a no-loan policy. If you want to borrow money from me, it's like, what's your collateral? Is it worth more than what I'm giving you? So people don't really ask me for money. That's, I, I've probably been done with that issue maybe like two, three years ago. Like, I give you opportunity. Like, wow. I'm going to give you an opportunity. You want to ask me for money? Okay, well, sell this. 
Don't ask me for no money. The same thing I said, you can sell it too. <laughs> right. So why you ask me for money when I could give you the same opportunity? So I don't loan money. You can't borrow money from me. You know, either you work for me and get paid or we do a business deal together. Right. Other than that, I don't really have that issue of people trying to borrow from me yeah. at all. So I, 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 I learned how to fix that issue about two years ago because I was dealing with a lot of friends and family wanting to borrow. But that's not an issue of mine anymore because I have a policy. Like when they call me, you know, my policy is and nobody want to hear that. So you right. don't call Stormy because her policy is going to say no. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you were a male, if you were storm wellington mm. <laughs> right? there would be by now a movie autobiography of your life mm. of the american story wow uh coming to pass uh and a lot of people in church use the expression you see my glory but don't know my story yes uh but to really uh, come through where it is that you are and have sanity forget success yes true. <laughs> to have sanity uh, is a different commodity uh, altogether. Uh, people uh, follow you on uh, Instagram, and uh, your followers is as if you've been in a movie, right. as if you've been on tour with Beyonce. Right. Uh, but people are intrigued by your life. Yes. Uh, and I want you to uh, really just uh, tell listeners uh, just snapshots of what it is that you've had to overcome to where you are. Awesome. Well, I, I think pain is one of the most amazing connectors. And I don't have a problem with, you know, being transparent. Like I tell people, I, I take baths and Windex. And I think that there's not a lot of real transparency. Wait a minute, say that again. I like that. Say that yeah, again. Yeah, you take, take baths and in Windex. Windex. So y'all can be see-through, you know. Wow. Um, I don't have anything I'm ashamed of that I've ever done or ever experienced. As a matter of fact, the mere fact that I came out of, you know, being born to a drug-dealing mom and a drug-dealing a drug dealing dad. Yeah. My whole family was drug dealers. All I saw was keys of cocaine at seven, eight years old. Wow. My mom trafficked drugs. I, I used to know when she was going to traffic because she would tell me. And I was eight years old, and I used to be praying, is my mom going to come back? Wow. You know, by the time I was 13, I was in a strip club, you know, to make money. At 13? At 13 years old. Imagine that. Yeah, at 13. Wow. My mom was in Jamaica. She couldn't come back home. Um, the water got cu uh, cut off. Her boyfriend was lazy and sorry. He didn't do nothing to go get no money. And I needed to figure out how to turn the water back on. So at 13 years old, I went and got me a fake ID and got some money and turned the water back on. So, you know, my, my, my life ain't been no crystal stair. Yeah. But every, you know, thing that I've been through from dropping out of school in the ninth grade, I yeah. didn't graduate from high school. So all that, but you have to have a big old education. Right. There's a lot of smart, broke people. I'm just not one of them, you right. know? You're and right. so, you know, right. uh, ninth grade education, I had my first son at uh, 15 years old. He's 27 right now. I had yeah. um, my, my second child when I was 19. I met my baby daddy in the strip club. And uh, when I had my daughter, I realized that if, if I keep doing what I'm doing, she may look at me as an example. And I didn't mm. want my daughter to be inspired by no stripper. Wow. So I got out of the strip club mainly because I wanted to be an inspiration to my daughter. Yeah. I didn't want her to think that that was okay. Yeah. But then I went to scamming because I was that was a little bit more discreet. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. So I could get dressed up like I was going to work and I would assume identities and I was doing all kind of stuff, writing checks, cashing checks, yes. going to Home Depot, Office Depot, all that. Like I did all of that. I used to shoplift yeah. for food, for clothes, sell it for half price. Like I know the life. Um. But the truth is, you know, that that was not going to be my destiny. I, I realized that I had so much more to live for and I needed to go get better and go grow and get mentors and get coaches and read books. And I didn't have no role models growing up. I just had to figure it out by deciding that I wanted to be better than what my circumstances was. Yeah. 
by all estimates, you are an absolute beautiful woman inside and out. Uh, what would you say was the ugliest season of your life? Oh, my God. The ugliest season of my life was when my mom died. My mom died August 26th of 2011. I was holding her hand. I thought she was having an anxiety attack. But literally three minutes later, cold red, my mom was dead. Wow. Um, and I thought I was strong. But you, you're not strong until you have to deal with the loss of a mom. Yeah. So I felt like I was in a world by myself. Um, no matter how many friends and family members, or if you, even if you got your dad, yeah. when you lose your mom, that is one of the most, that is the most emptiest feeling in the world. And so I fell into a really bad depression. Um, I went from being this big millionaire on buses and billboards to overweight, 30 pounds overweight, to literally like one click away from applying for food stamps. Mm. And so that season I was depressed, I was suicidal. Like there were days I was gonna kill myself. Like I literally was ready to take the pills, like ready to take my life because I couldn't put the pieces together living without my mom. And um, yeah, that was the darkest season of my life, wishing that I wasn't alive. My prayer was, God, don't wake me up tomorrow. Mm. For wealthy men, I have uh, cigar lounges. Uh, (laughs) They have places where they drink scotch. I read a uh, story some years ago, Stormy, where uh, Oprah talks about how her best friend's Gail King. Mm-hmm. And she gave Gail King a million dollars. I says, uh, we're best friends. We travel together. We hang together. But I don't want you to have to look at me shopping. Wow. I don't want, I don't want you to look at what it is that I have. I'm giving you a seed plot. Wow. I want you to talk to me about how hard it is to have real friendships with other women who you don't have to mentor. Wow, that's a deep question. Um, I don't think I have, well, I do. I have, I, have, I have people that's in a higher place than I am that, you know, I respect them and I honor them. But I don't really have a lot of friends. You know, I have a lot of business partners. And my business is so fun. It's so exciting that I don't have a lot of time for extracurricular stuff. Like, my fun is getting money. Like, I like to make money. I like to help other people get money. I was just telling somebody today, like, I measure um, things. Everything that I do is measured. Okay, when I do this, okay, what's the ROI from this, you know? And so the people that's in my life, they're either my mentors, my coaches, people that I look up to, or people that look up to me. I don't really have a lot of regular friends. I I don't. I don't hang out with my girlfriends. I don't go to the clubs. I don't do extracurricular stuff. I, I really do either my family or my business, or when I have some personal time, I love to read, I love to grow, I love to listen to audio books. So I don't have a lot of friends. Um, And the friends that I do have, we always talk about getting better together, changing lives together. So I I really don't have a a straight up answer for that because I don't have a lot of homegirls. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, from having to pay for the water bill at 15 to now floating on water in a yacht. Oh. what, what was the moment where you redefined what money was for? You know what? I think the moment that I really redefined money was when my mom died. Yeah. That was one experience because I realized how important I was to make the money. You know, a lot of people like to say, like, I'm a brand, right? Yes. And um, that's not true because if I was a brand, I could sell without being present. 
<laughs> right, right. The minute I pull away from my business, yes. if I'm not present in my business, let's see how big of a brand I am. Yeah. Pull away from this church and see how big of a brand the church is. Right. I'm just saying. Um, so personally, um, I really had to realize that money is a tool. Um, at first, you fight to get money, to pay the light bill, to pay the water bill. And then you realize that, okay, you have to be present to get every dime. And so now when I look at money, I think about how do I get more freedom from my money? Yeah. So when I started to hang around Grant Cardone and Elena Cardone, and I saw how they was making all that passive income off of real estate, that was an aha moment. When I looked at people in network marketing, that you get to make money in your sleep. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. I'm, I'm working this job. Of course, one minute I think that I could be this brand or this, this, this impactor. But then I realized, wait a minute, even though I've made millions of dollars in a month, I've had months where I've made two, three million dollars in one month, but I had to kind of be the, the voice behind all of that. But being able to make money in your sleep, like passive income, yes, that's been my reality for like the last 15 years. But I also had a job. I remember what it felt like to have the clock in to work, to <laughs> right. make $13 an hour, right. um, for the boss to say, hey, I'm going to give you a 25 cent raise. Mm. And and um, really realize, hold on, wait a minute. I, I Y'all give me a 25 cent raise after I collected a million dollars. I don't know if I told you that story. No. So I used to work for collections and I collected over a million dollars in closed accounts for the collection company in seven months. And um, because of my performance, the boss was like, I'm gonna give you a raise. At the time my water was off again back home, my lights was about to be turned off, my car was in reposition status. So I'm thinking I'm about to get $5 raise, $6 raise. Right. I'm gonna go from 15 an hour to 18, 19 an hour. Right. And they gave me a 25 cent raise and they made a big deal out of that 25 cent raise. And I learned that my coworkers, the biggest raise they had given out in 15 years was 10 cents. Ooh. And so when I looked at that 25 cents, it made me want to explore other opportunities. And so network marketing, residual income, real estate, residual income. And that's my priority right now to create things that doesn't necessarily need my presence or my brand, but more of my intellectual property and my mindset yeah. is how I'm going to create more wealth. I uh, was lecturing for some doctoral students a couple of weeks ago and uh, said to them, my last two years while I was pastoring in Baltimore, I was depressed that um, people have to put into position because you don't see it visually. I was depressed on me with a growing church. I was depressed being on TV every week. I was depressed preaching all over the country uh, that there is something that people don't ever put together that you can be successful and unhappy. Yep. And a lot of people say, oh, man, if I could ever drive like that, ever live like that, ever shop like that, ever have access like that, yep. I'd be the happiest person in the world. Yep. I want you to uh, talk about how you've had to navigate when your emotions didn't match your exterior. That what you were feeling didn't look like what it looked like to everybody else, but you had to really coach Stormy, not be coach Stormy, but you had to coach, your, coach yourself mm -hmm. out of that season of your own life. Man, I mean, that happened a lot of times. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. How do you, <laughs> how do you deal with when you're in a lull? How do yeah. you, how do you move forward and I just kind of got out of something like that yeah you know you ever lose a friend or lose a relationship and it's like you lost a, a family member like they yes. really did especially when you know you can't go back yes and so in this last season you know I lost a lot of people that I really loved like 
I was like, wait a minute, I thought you loved me. I didn't know that you felt all of these crazy ways about me. Right. I thought I was pushing us to billions. I didn't right. know you felt like I was treating you too aggressive or being a military sergeant. Right. So when I had <laughs> to step away from those people because our visions didn't align. You know, I believe when our visions don't align, now is not the time. And so I had to separate myself from people who got complacent, got lazy, didn't want to move how I thought we should have moved, not yeah. just for the money, but, you know, when you create a certain level of, of business or shall I say respect in the marketplace, you have a responsibility. Like I can't just give up. Right. I can't just give up. That's get not fat. an option. It's not. Yeah. Like it's not I can't just shoot a video and say, hey everybody, I'm depressed and I'm just gonna take a break right now. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. What about all that stuff you taught us? <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? So really just recently I just was going through something where I was dealing with a lot of loss losses of friendships. Yeah. Um dealing with things with my kids. It's like, dang, how am I? I think I'm amazing. Like, yes, I, I really are. am. Thank you. I really am who I say I am. I'm not a fake. I'm not a fraud. I don't pretend. I don't manipulate and connive. And I don't do that. Like, I'm really a woman of respect, integrity, character, honor. And yes. that spells rich, by the way. That's an acronym. Say it um, again. Respect. Somebody got to write that down. This is how I believe I stay rich. Yes. I live a life on respect, integrity, character, and honor. That's how I live in real life. But just recently, I was losing a lot of relationships. And I'm like, wait a minute, dang, like it's, it's not easy to move forward when you saw yourself dying with a friend. Wow. Like your soulmate. Yeah. Your friend's soulmate. Yes. And so after dealing with all of that, like you start to question yourself, like, dang, but I thought I was so great. But why do I think I'm so great? But these people don't think I'm so great. Yeah. And so that season made me very um, insecure within myself. That season made me say, well, wait a minute. How is all of this happening? But then I had to realize that, you know, even Jesus had a Judas, you know. Yeah. And so I accept <laughs> right. it now. I really yeah. accept it as every time I go through relationship hurt, I elevate. Every time I think wow. that there's something that's happening and I'm like questioning myself, I, I learn from it. I ask myself, okay, what could I have done better? What did I do to create this deficit? What did I do to create this disrespect or this unappreciation? Right. And when I get those answers... I work on myself, you know, I, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word. Right. I'm deep in my word. I don't necessarily go to church every Sunday, um, to be honest with you, because I don't let anybody speak to me. Anybody don't have what I need. Right. I need a certain cadence, a certain posture, a certain confidence, a certain result. Yes. I can't just listen to anybody. I don't care if you could preach me in heaven. Right. If I don't see and feel that you got it. So um, I had to learn how to use my own tools, all my affirmations, my, my mantras, all my meditations and my my prayers and my incantations and all that stuff and all the things I teach people to do. Just recently, I had to really get focused on using it for myself. Right. Letting my team know, I'm talking about my employees, like, hey, listen, hey, Vanessa, I need a little time. I need to be home. I need to be reading my Bible. I need to be in my books. I need to be listening to my audio books. I don't really need to be taking certain calls. Let me, let me work on me. And then I also went in a new environment. Right. You know, sometimes we don't realize that the blessing is in a certain environment. And so, yeah. Uh, there's a, a book called From Good to Great. I know about yeah. that book. And that, uh, the opening chapter, he says, the enemy of greatness is goodness. Exactly. That you become so good at something that you don't think great is an option. How do you stop from becoming complacent? So you're talking about, so good is the enemy of great, right? Yes. How do I stop from being complacent? Because I know that success is rented. It's mm. not permanent. And that's one of the misconceptions that I think we all, especially successful entrepreneurs, got to live with. Like, yeah. 
you can't get complacent. Because you know you got a new outfit that came out. You got a, you thought you got the hottest Rolls Royce, and they changed the body on you. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you got to know that that's how you got to think. And right. if I get complacent, what about the people? It's not just about me. Yeah. You know, success is not about how successful you are, but how you help other people to achieve success. Right. So I'm in a space now in my life where it's not about money, even though money I measure money. Like if right. I'm working with you where we can't get no money together, I'm gonna have to figure out how to move you into the system. Right. Um. But I know that. Success is rented. It's rented. I gotta continue showing up so I can make the money to pay the rent. Yeah, you you and I have a relationship. We don't talk every day. We don't text every day, but when we do, it's like it was yesterday. Yes. I saw the shift in you when you started the one thousand families. Yes. Uh, it says okay. Th- this is a whole another mindset. A whole another perspective. I want you to talk about 1,000 families, how you got to it and what it is. So I'll tell you how I got to it. So I lose my mom. Um, I had already made millions of dollars. So I was already this big millionaire. I'm on buses and billboards and everybody know my name. You right. know, I'm the hot girl. I got the Bentley. I'm, you know, I'm that girl, you know. Right. Um, and and then I looked up and, and I started to go broke. And when I went broke, I was like, wait a minute. How did this happen? I was in a three and a half year depression. Like mm. three and a half year, and you know, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. So all my friends was broke and depressed too. <laughs> right. So I didn't realize what I was dealing with until I woke up. And um, the truth is, I got to tell you, the truth is, <laughs> I had to figure things out. I had to figure things out. And I remember going to God, praying to God, and saying, God, if you help me, just help me. If you help me, I help the people. Because I didn't have nobody to come help me. Like, nobody came and was like, we see you going broke. We're going to give you a hand up. Hey, we see you going broke. We're going to help you out. Like, nobody helped me out. As a matter of fact, I became a member of the NFL. I had no friends and no family left. Nobody came to my rescue. Wow. And so I promised God, like, if you help me to become successful again, I'm going to remember the people that remind me of who I am or who I used to be. Right. And so I used to have a goal of helping 50 families make 1,000 families, uh, make $1,000 a a year. Then after I saw that I did it, because, again, when you start to see success, you start to believe that, hold on, wait a minute. If I could do this, then maybe I could help somebody else do this. Right. And so once I started to see myself come back from depression, like when you come back from something, oh, yeah. that's when you know how strong you really are. Yeah. All right. You got people that, that they, they commit suicide from things. You got people that they had a season of success, you know. But when you come back from something that could have destroyed you, you develop a different le- level of dignity about yourself, a different level of certainty about yourself, a different level of pride. And so I said, okay, you know what? If I could help myself and then I help 50 and then I helped 100, then it's like, you know what? I could help 1,000 families make six to seven figures a year. Wow. And what that really means is this. It's a reminder for me to never forget, Stormy, this was your prayer when you was like this. Remember when you was broke and you was on food stamps and you right. was trying to figure out how to pay the light bill? And remember you promised me you was going to help 1,000 families make six to seven figures a year? So it's really my personal reminder. It really is, wasn't supposed to get out of hand like it got out of hand. <laughs> yeah, yes. It really wasn't supposed to turn into a brand and necklaces and T-shirts and sweatsuits. Right. It really was me to remember because, you know, Jim Rome says it's not about how successful you are, but how you help other people to achieve success, right? That's right. If you help others get what they want, you will get what you want. And so that's my mantra. That's what I live by. As long as I continue keeping my eyes on other people, God will keep his eyes on me. I don't yeah. have to worry about the people that even leave because the people that leave, their season was up, new right. people is coming. So 1,000 Families is about me reminding myself, no matter how many diamonds and yachts and bags and monies you got in the bank, right. don't forget that you promised me 
that every year you're going to figure out a way. You are going to figure out a way. You're going to get creative. You're going to go to get, get mentors. You're going to have coaches. You're going to read Love books. It. You're going to stay creative. You're going to stay innovative. You're going to stay innovative, yeah. and you're going to figure out a way to get the people to listen to you, to get them to yes, because you, Stormy, you have a different power. You have a, a money anointing. You can help the average ordinary person go from broke to five figures to six figures to seven figures, and you've done it, and, and that's why I keep blessing you because you're not forgetting where you came from. Because, see, when you forget where you came from, yes. you'll easily repeat where you came from. Wow. And I ain't never going back to where I came from. Wow, you you dropping a never lot. Going I'm, back. I'm I ain't to... never going back broke. Listen, listen. I would never be broke <laughs> another day in my life. I'm standing on your testimony. I just want you to know that. Absolutely. Never. There are a whole lot of people, particularly in the pandemic, who really got another focus to say, wow, they see me as a non-essential worker. Wow. They giving me 25 cents promotion. This ain't where I want to go. So the pandemic birthed the greatest amount of entrepreneurs in 50 years for black people. Wow, I know that. And so a whole lot of people are saying, you know what, I want to work for myself. I want to be on my own. They got an idea, but they don't know how to get started. Um, I want you to just in generality, I guess everybody's path is different, journey is different. Uh, but there's somebody who's listening and saying, you know what, I got this concept. What's the very first thing you would tell them to do? The first thing I tell them to do is make sure that the concept really works. Mm. Uh, and make sure it ain't just something that you like. That's like grandma could cook a good cake. Now I mean grandma could op open up a cake company. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so right. make sure that more than you like the concept. Yeah. So be willing to sample it out, give it away, you know, sow seeds. And then normally nothing is new. Everything somebody else tried it or did it before. Find you a coach or a mentor. That yeah. is one of the biggest, I believe, misconceptions, especially in the black community, that we just go to school. First of all, you go to school, get loans, then get a job to go pay, pay the loans. Pay off the loans, <laughs> right. No, I, I dropped out of school in the ninth grade. And I'm not telling people to drop out of school, don't go to school. But that is, to me, unfortunately, one of the biggest misconceptions. You need a mentor. Yeah. A mentor or a coach is the shortcut to success. Wow. Find somebody that's doing what you want to do or find somebody that has the life that you desire. Because, again, that's why I can't get into certain churches and certain things with people because if you don't have what I'm looking for, I'm not listening to you. Now, if you're homeless, I'll listen to you maybe because you could teach me how not to be homeless. Right. But I'm not letting anybody teach me things, unfortunately. Yeah. But fortunately, I think that that's a part of why I'm where I am in life because I look for who already has what I'm looking for. I look for who already has what I want. Right. And I, I become a student. And there's three things I've learned. You either serve your way into good relationships, you pay your way, or you earn your way. And so if you can you find... You're going too fast on me. they in the car trying to write this down. Get them three things so, again, so, please. So, so, so mentorship, right? Yes. People will say, I can't afford it, right? First of all, a real mentor... No, give me them three things. I'm going to give you that. Yeah, I'm going to give you that. that. So, yes. so a real mentor is not going to charge. Wow. And I'm not saying it's, nothing, it's something wrong with people charging for courses and all that. No. Right. But when you get a mentor, someone that has a vested interest in your success, yes. either it's because they want your story, they believe in you. It's three things you got to do. When you find that person, when, you, when you've aligned with that person, you're like, oh, she is it. He is it. Now, of course, we got YouTube University. Right. That's different. But when you find that person, it's three things you got to do to get access to them. You serve your way yeah. into their life. Find a way that you can serve them. Successful people need help. Yes. They need somebody to do something. Trust me. Yes. There's something you can do for them. Yes. You earn your way, which is you do something and you get their attention. 
or you pay your way. Mm. And really and truly in the beginning is serve, earn, and then when you get to the proximity of that relationship, then you probably end up having to do all three. Yeah. Because if you're if, if I'm your student, right, you're my mentor and I'm excelling and you sell courses or of course I'm gonna be in every mastermind. If my if my mentor, Dr. Bryant, is doing a workshop and I'm his student and he's already taught me how to make money because I was serving him, I was carrying his bags. Right. I mean, people think something wrong with that. I remember when I was carrying my mentor's bags. Yeah. Like literally I was honored to carry her bags because I knew I wanted to hear her conversations. Mm. You got people that oh you you do girl. Yeah, call me what you want, baby. This lady is making <laughs> thirteen thousand dollars a month. Oh wow. She don't have hustle like me and right. I'm broke. Yeah. So you know what? You can't teach me how to get this money. Let me hold her bags. Let me help her with her kids. Let me help wash I used to wash the dishes and everything. So first I served my way. Yeah. First I served my way. Then That's she great. started looking for me. She needed my help. She realized that, hold on, this lady was holding my bags and I don't have nobody no more. She realized that I was helping her kids with the homework. So I earned my way in her life. I love it. You understand? Yeah. I earned my way. Now I'm helping her kids get A's in a report card. I'm, I'm carrying her bags. I'm helping her drive. So yes. I'm earning it now. Then I started to rank up in the company because I was in, in proximity to her. So I was learning so much, right? Yeah. And then she started to have courses and I'm making money from her. So now I could afford to pay my way to learn a deeper level of her information, her mindset, her training, right. because now I'm paying. We don't understand that in the black community. No, and I think if we understood that, especially if we are entrepreneurs, yes. because any business could work for a season, yeah. but it's about the longevity of that thing. And it's not gonna be something long-term if you don't learn how to scale, if you don't learn how to handle your taxes, how to all that stuff that you'll learn from a, ment a mentor. Yeah, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. George Frazier, said something to me that changed my life. He said, one of the things that we have to do as uh, black people is stop thinking we can only do business that matches our passion. Mm -hmm. Our passion is for our hobby. Mm -hmm. You got to find what's going to make you money that can finance your passion. Yes. Uh, and I wanted to uh, ask you, uh, how do you do business with something you don't enjoy. Is that possible? <laughs> Is that possible? So I, I to respect do that? Mr. George Fraser. Yes. He's from Black Enterprise. Yes. I respect him uh, you know, tremendously, immensely. Yes. But I also believe that you could find something that you like and make money from it. Yes. Um, everything that I do, I like it. If I don't like it, I'm not gonna do it for long. Um, wow. but in, in context of what he's saying yes. is that sometimes you don't know what you like. Now yeah. that's that's how I would interpret it. Like, try everything, you know. Become a jack of all trades, yes. And then find one to master. Be willing to explore. I think it's unfortunate that we think, okay, I like to bake cakes, and I love baking cakes. So I'm going to bake cakes. So I love to do hair. So, how you know what you like? So yes. you don't even know what you're passionate about. I never knew. I'll be passionate about network marketing. Yes. I thought that was for scammers. I thought it was for white people. <laughs> right. I didn't think I'd be passionate about writing books. I didn't think yes. I'd be passionate about teaching people. Like I tried it and I liked it. Yeah. And now I can't. I, I would die doing what I do. But if I wasn't willing to be curious, I think again, we have to be curious because you don't know what you like until yeah. you try it. So. Don't be that person that's so closed-minded because I like to do this. Okay, well, what you like to do gonna have you in a homeless shelter. So right. try so many, try different things until you discover what is it that you like. Because a lot of people don't even know what what they like. Yeah, uh, Big Small said, "More money, more problems." More money, more yeah. problems. So what do you think is the the greatest problem 
with being wealthy that people who are poor don't understand. Ooh, what is the greatest problem with being wealthy that the people poor? I would say um, you think money buys happiness. Mm. When you don't have no money, you'd be like, boy, if I had money, I, you know. And don't get it twisted, right? I've been rich and I've been poor and I like being rich better. <laughs> yeah. um, and I would yes. speak right now, I would never be broke another day in my life. But money does not buy you happiness. Mm. It's a part of it. It's a down payment. Um, once you get money, you start realizing that your health is important, yeah. you know, um, your mindset. The enemy tries to torment your mind, and so you have to figure out ways to keep your mind sound and sane. And, yeah. you know, you, you, you hang around people and you don't know who's really your friend because you got money. Of course you're my friend. Yeah. Like, I can't pretend to be broke. I'm not going to eat, you know, at uh, uh, Golden Corral anymore. Right. You know, I, I'm gonna eat here, and if you with me, we gonna go to Ruth Chris. And that's you know, <laughs> right. even though you probably could afford. So it's not it's not hard to ride around in my Rolls Royce. You know, why not? So when you get money, you don't know who your friend is for real. You don't mm. know who really loves you for real. You know, you people could pretend very well. I'm talking about they'll marry you and all. Wow. And you think they love you? Wow. Kind of find out they just you know got other plans. Wow. So people could pretend to love you in business. They could pretend yes. to love you as a friend. And that's one of the, I, I think, quiet pains amongst the rich and the successful. Mm -hmm. Do you really love me? And then, you know, I, I think another, another issue is that when you start getting a, a, lot, a lot of money, uh, especially me, I remember being afraid of my money. Like you got 10 million in the bank and you used to be a scammer and it's only insured up to $250,000. You think about what about the rest of the, you know, 800? You know, in 50 years, and you like, oh, my right. God, if anybody touch it. Right. So what if you had a problem because you had too much money? Mm. I never thought I would have a problem with too much money until right. I, I bought 17 Birkin bags in one year. Oof. And I, I'm talking about my most expensive Birkin bag cost me $75,000 for one Birkin bag. It's worth like 115 now. Right. But that's who would think that you have a problem because you got too much money? And then you, you, get, you start attracting vultures and manipulators yeah. that'll tell you about every business idea and they'll look good and they'll, oh my God, they'll tell you, and Jesus this and God said and they'll <laughs> prophesy over your life and <laughs> next you know you invested in something and they didn't got you. You attract right. a lot of people that got great ideas yeah. and you got a lot of money and you don't know who idea is real. It's just, it's scary having money, you know, even relationship wise. Yeah. You don't know if somebody dating you because they like you or dating you because they won't. What you got in your pocketbook. Right. It's not easy being successful and, and having money and trying to identify if the love is real. No, that's powerful. What is the greatest thing broke stormy toward rich stormy? The greatest thing broke stormy toward rich stormy. Wow. Broke stormy toward rich stormy. Um, ain't nobody coming to save you. Man is maker of himself. Yeah. Man is made and unmade by his daily choices and decisions. You make yourself with every choice from the food you put in your mouth to the things you, you put in your ears to the relationships you have. Like every choice you make is making or breaking you. And um, I made myself broke. I just, when I was broke, I deserved to be broke. Mm. I was doing broke stuff. When I was fat, I deserved to be fat. You know, I deserve to be successful right now. I deserve wow. to be happy. I deserve more than I got. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting on the other stuff to come. It's coming. Because I deserve it. I, yeah. I do a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I'm not afraid to, to speak about things that the average person is afraid of. 
Um, I speak my mind. I've, I've been there and done that. I, I, I believe I'm qualified to be able to answer certain questions, right. even though I may not have the educate, the, the degrees and all the plaques and all that on the wall. But I feel like Bulk Stormy realizes that she can make herself be whatever she want to be. It's about the be, do, have. Who do you got to be? Right. What do you got to do in order to have? And so I realized that if I want to continue having, I got to continue becoming and yes. I got to uh, continue, continue doing, doing in order to continue it. having. I love it. And I ain't stopping. <laughs> right. I'm growing some more. I'm getting better. Yes. I'm doing more. I'm, I'm listening more. I'm growing more. I'm doing all of the mores. No, that's great. Because I deserve the mores. A lot of people don't have a transformation in their life until they've gone to jail, they've had an accident, they went sick. Or they went broke. Or they went broke. <laughs> yes, let's not forget that one. I want you to talk about, um, because I've not heard you really uh, discuss it outside of a, um, a post, talk about the impact you had in going to Africa. Oh, man. So Africa is a very um, delicate conversation for me because... Um, it is a lot of misconceptions about um, African spirituality, yeah. and energies, and you know. First of all, I believe in God. Yes. Like, let's get that clear. Yes. I full heartedly know that God is the Creator. Yes. But I also know that God is in me too. Yes. I know that there's big God and there's little God. Yes. Um, one of the things I learned spiritually in Africa is the role that your ancestors play in your life. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up, you know, none of that. My mom was like, you know, she prayed certain times and then other times she cussed you out. You know, right. uh, we, the only time going to church with my mom was for my um, good friend's funeral. And then the second time I went to church with her, she was in the casket. Wow. In my entire life. Wow. My first time going to church with my mother was for my godmother's funeral. And the second time I went with her was for her funeral. And she was in the casket. Incredible. So, yeah, I just learned a lot about your ancestors. I learned a lot about um, Ifa um, and um, the Orishas. Um, and it's something that is, I don't talk about it a lot yeah. because I'm still understanding and unpacking it. Yes. And, um, you know, a lot of people question like, hey, what were you doing over there? What do you, you know? I just learned a lot about energy as well and that my ancestors play a role in my life and they matter. Me honoring you know, um, my mom and, you know, me tapping in and, and knowing that there were people that came before me that blood runs through my veins. Yeah. Like when I die, I want my kids to recognize me. And so I learned a lot about that. And it was one of those experiences that I, I would give myself at least once a year, every year, um, because I came back more enlightened, yeah. um, which is the highest level of energy. Right. And I came back more uh, aware that stay curious because there's a lot that you just don't know. Yeah. And Africa opened me up to that. I uh, appreciate uh, the transparency you traffic in. I've seen it in nobody. Uh, you embrace every facet of who it is that you are, and you live out loud. Oh, I got to uh, try not Yes. To. So you, you all are seeing her. I'm telling you, she is dressed to the gods today. Oh, I mean, glammed all the way out. She got on leather from the Matrix. Absolutely oh, amazing. Like yes. 17 Birkin bags. But this same lady will go on Instagram bald. Period. I, I've never seen anybody do this ever. Yes. I want you to know, I want you to tell me how you got so free. Yes. You know what? I could see fakeness from a mile away. Um, I've, I've experienced a lot of fakeness myself. And I know that 
one thing that nobody has, but we all want is real freedom. We all want it. And nobody really has it because it's something about ourselves or other people that we're always concerned about. And um, I learned, so there's a book um, called, um, oh my God, this book is so good. Uh, I forgot the name of the book, but basically it talks about how uh, becoming like God. The book is called Becoming Like God. And when you have an ego, God cannot reside where ego lives. Wow. And so I constantly, and, and, and I'm working on it. Like I'm not, I have not arrived. But I constantly want to die to self because God cannot reside where ego lives. Mm. And um, I also know that for me to continue becoming, I am your uncommon millionaire. I have to remind myself, Stormy, be careful. Don't ever have imposter syndrome. I have to remind myself of that because your way is unique. Don't forget, you don't want paid off your house. Mm. How many of your friends that you know got paid off houses? You don't want to win and bought that yacht because you wanted it. You don't want bought three Rolls Royces because you wanted it. And you became the woman to afford it. Yeah. You know, you you the one took care of your, your your dad and pay him every week like he really on on payroll and, and got got a job for you. Right. So right. so I had to and, and I still to this very day realize that other people need to see that you could be yourself. You can thrive and become in your authenticity. Yeah. And if 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 I don't show it, I don't know nobody else that's willing to show it. So it's not a flaw that I have that I'm not afraid to show. Even when I got the surgery with my with the with my butt shots removed. Yeah. At first I wasn't going to tell nobody cuz that's an, that was an embarrassing stage in my life. I was yeah. embarrassed. But the more I became embarrassed, the more I said this to myself. Adversity advances the assignment pass the test to your abundance. Mm. And so dying to my ego to me is a way that God gets to say, okay, you ready to elevate. Yeah. You ready? Okay, I'm going to give you some more. Right. And so that's what I believe. And it works for me. No, I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. You've got uh, books. You've got businesses. You've got mentees. What you got next? That's a great question. So um, I'm working on my podcast as well. Um, so I am very exploratory, like I said. Yeah. And I'll tell you, because uh, I know this is against what you, you believe, but I did uh, something called ayahuasca, right? I don't know if you heard of ayahuasca. I haven't. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I did ayahuasca, and um, and during ayahuasca, I went there. That's when they blow the thing in your nose. That's another one. No, it's called bufo. <laughs> okay. Not All that right. one. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a, it's, 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 you drink something, and it yes. takes you. It's called a God molecule. But anyway, yes. I did ayahuasca, and I went there, and I wanted answers. And um, one of the answers I wanted to know was, like, what, what, what? Why do I have this this pull? Like people pull on me a lot. Like I could feel people's energy. I could feel when they connected, when they disconnected. I could feel when they thinking about me, talking about me. Like I could feel it. It's crazy. Wow. And so I went there wanting to know what is that. And um, I found out there um, that people want to hear me talk. They don't care about my bags and my clothes and my shoes. They they like looking at it. But after they look at that, they're excited for two seconds. Now they're like, what else you got to offer? And it's my mind, it's my mouth, it's the way I deliver things, it's the way I say things. It's it's that I am not so astute, educated, educated. they like that part. They like that I'm gonna say finna and fixin' and I may mess a word or two up. They love that about me because it inspires them. So my next move right now is to put a lot into my podcast um, and interviewing people and and, uh, it's called uh, Success Shortcuts by Colt Stormy. And when I say success, it's mind, body, spirit, finances, relationships. I'm not talking about money. I want to humanize the rich and successful yeah. while revealing what is your success shortcut? What did you do to become the person that you are? And it keeps me up at night. 
I think about it all day, and I also am big on not trying to be like anybody else. But you have mastered that. There's so nobody like you in the universe. So, so I'm not studying yeah. nobody's podcast. Right. I don't know what to do. Right. I'm, I'm about to invest in all the equipment and all right. that stuff. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it. Yeah. But that's how I do, I do everything. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm excited about my network marketing business. We just launched a, a product called Candy Cleanse. And I think that, you know, health is wealth. You can't be wealthy if you ain't healthy first. And so getting that product out to the masses, changing lives, empowering people financially yes. and physically. I, listen, don't be my broke friend. Be the rich student. Yeah. And um, that's it. My goal is to continue showing up so people could believe that if I can do it, they can do it too. I love it. I'm officially drafting you out of the NFL because I want you to know you have a brother who loves you, who is invested in your success, who is your cheerleader, who is your fan, and who is a ticket holder. Thank I've you. been with you for 12 years. Oh, my and God. It's been that long? For, it's been that long. Imagine wow. that. We done come a long way. Wow. I know that I'm standing with you in the trenches morning, noon, and night that I got you. Thank you. I, I want to tell you, you know, as I, was, I was driving up, I got emotional because I, I remember your voice, like, yeah. in the – 2000, I don't remember what year it was, but it was you that took me out of the darkest. I was depressed. I was suicidal again. I was going through, and I would fly. I didn't care where I was in the world. I would fly to Empowerment Temple every Sunday morning, and sometimes I'd be rushing in late. I, I didn't really care too much about him, about no choir. I wanted to hear what your message was because your message spoke to me, and today I found out that you was depressed too. So that's why your message is <laughs> yeah, right. with me. <laughs> right. My sheet on my voice. I you were right. speaking to me. We was on point. Yes. And I just want to tell you, thank you. Yes. Thank you for that season of my life. Thank you for allowing me to sow and, and, and hear and to drive up to New Birth. I was like, it's a different view yes. when no cars in the parking lot. Yes. And Don, the first thing I was like, first of all, I was proud. But then I was like, whew. This is a lot of responsibility. Yes. So I take my hats off to you. I'm thank super you. grateful to be connected to you. I uh, thank you for you the first person to see me outside of network marketing to allow me to come on your platform. Yes. That speaks a lot to you because a lot of people are afraid of me because they don't know what I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you right. brought me in front of a live audience. Yes. That was big. Yes. And so I just want to say thank you that, that that moment and that season helped me to become the woman I am today. So thank you. I don't know. We, we are together. Till the wheels fall off. Thank We're you. the Bonnie and Clyde of the internet, the most talked about people. Uh, but I'm grateful. <laughs> on that note. Absolutely. I'm grateful. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You've got to be locked in for every podcast. Stay tuned and listen out for what Stormy's got coming in the future. You are listening to the Jamal Bryant podcast. Let's be clear.